Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Gordon Doan, and today we're going to be talking about consistency and I've got an apology. So, this week has been a fantastic week. So, um, this morning I've just ran the Tewkesbury half, mar- half Marathon, so that was really good. And I'll tell you how we got on with that in a bit. Um, but there's a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about. So this week, um, I think it was um, Wednesday or Thursday, something like that, I managed to get to 600 days in a row um, of meditating. So that's 600 days in a row meditating every day. So like I said previously on the podcast, I meditate most evenings before I go to sleep and it'll be between 5 and 15 minutes usually that I meditate for before I go to sleep and it helps me, really helps me get to sleep nice and quickly. Now, what have I learned from 600 days of meditating? So I've learned a few things. Um, the first, first of all is um, that it's the consistency that will help you master the process. So the process is important and you've got to really focus on achieving the process rather than the outcome. We've talked about that a number of times here on the podcast um, but I really believe that. I think it's really important on focusing on the process and not on the outcome. Because even after 600 nights of of meditating, I can't clear my mind every night as, as quickly or as easily as I like. In fact, sometimes I don't clear it at all. Um, so, it, you know, it doesn't work every night as you would think meditating works. I always get benefit from it um, because sometimes... It helps me focus on one thing that's most important for me the next day. You know, I might be worrying about a number of things. You know, I might be thinking about, right, what have I got to do um, when I get up in the morning? Um, what what am I doing with training-wise? Um, what am I doing business-wise? You know, um, have I got to go and, into and have some meetings today that are going to be difficult? You know, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking about all those things potentially, um, but it helps me kind of sometimes pick out the most important one of those things and allows me to focus on that then the next morning because I think I'm able to clear everything out of my mind and it leaves me with one thing sometimes. And I think, right, brilliant, that's the most important one because that's the one that's left in my mind. Let's focus on that, get that nailed as quickly as possible and then move on and worry about the other things. Sometimes it works like that. Sometimes I'm able to clear my mind entirely, so, and, and sometimes I clear it so well that I doze off during the meditation, which which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's, it's nice and easy to clear your mind when that happens. It's nice and easy to get into sleep state and have some really good sleep as a result of it. But the key thing is that I focus during the day. It helps remind myself that I'm going to have some quiet time before I go to bed and just have some time the way I'm focused on quieting in my mind and trying to just be in the moment which is what meditation is all about which really helps me but if I was stopping and starting with the meditating I wouldn't be able to do that at all you know like I say 600 days um, on, a, on in the row that I've meditated but I'm not necessarily getting what you would expect the benefits to be every day so that like I say there's definitely benefits every day that I'm achieving but they're not the expected benefits but I wouldn't be achieving any of those if I wasn't consistent with it, if I wasn't trying it and keeping keeping it going every night, even if it doesn't work for me the night before. So I think that's a really important message, um, which brings me on nicely to the podcast. So I had some, um, a couple of you may have, uh, may have noticed over the last couple of weeks, I've had some technical difficulties um, 
and um, some cock-ups on my part. Um, so I think um, we missed an episode um, uh, a couple of weeks ago when the bank holiday was done. Um, that was my fault because I didn't um, get the podcast recorded on time and taken into account the bank holidays. Um, I just followed my usual process and I hadn't really taken into consideration the bank holiday and the effect that, that would have on the um, later bit of the process, the editing of the process and, that, and getting it live. Um, so um, I've amended my process now because of that. And once again, I had an issue with, so instead of Thursday last week, the podcast came out, I think it came out on Saturday, um, where I thought I'd sent the file, um, sent the file off for editing and stuff. Um, But once again, my Wi-Fi cut out in the night, so um, the file didn't get off as expected. um, And I um, hadn't noticed, so um, that was a bit of a pain. So apologies for the delay. Um, but again, it's all about that consistency. So even if you run into a few problems, got to keep going and overcome those and get back onto a consistent streak again. So hopefully um, over the next few weeks, we'll get back to our regular regular scheduling and we won't have any more problems, um, technical or um, cock-ups on my part. So um, hopefully we'll have neither of those now over the next few weeks um, and we'll adjust the process to make sure it works out. And I think that's another key point um, to take away is that if you make a mistake, you know, learn from it and um, try and put things into place to to fix it. Now, I'd had um, the one issue before anyway, not not had the issue of the bank holidays before. So I kind of learned that um, now and I've gone through in my calendar and um, put in there to, to record the podcast a bit earlier um, for the next bank holidays and for the rest of the year I've done that just gone through looked at all the bank holidays and put that in my calendar so I know to do it a bit earlier um, so that should avoid that problem again um, the other problem where I had the wi-fi fail I had um, had that before um, you know seven or eight weeks ago maybe we had that issue um, and for the next few weeks I'd kind of checked to make sure that the file had gone off and then it had happened fine with no problems for the ne- well up until now again um, and I'd stopped checking because I kind of grown complacent in that and kind of it, it all worked. So I'd kind of got used to it working again. So um, it's important to keep those checks and balances in place, whether it's um, whether it's something like the sending of the file for the podcast or whether it's uh, um, in terms of um, property, um, in terms of your property, whether it's balancing the numbers, making sure you've got the tenants in there, checking tenant payments, etc., um, it's worth checking all of those things and keeping those checks and balances in there um, to make sure everything's ticking over smoothly. Otherwise, you know, you, it could sneak up on you and cause you a problem and an expected problem later on. Um, so so that's what I wanted to mention about that. And I am sorry that those there were those gaps. So um, fingers crossed we got that sorted again and um, we'll be back to regular scheduling. Um the next thing I wanted to talk about was the half marathon that um, I did this morning. So that was um, the Tewkesbury half marathon. Um, so I'd done the full distance of the half marathon about a week and a half, to two weeks ago. Um, probably slightly longer than that by the time you hear this, probably about two and a half weeks ago. Um, um, yeah, so I did the full distance, uh, which is 13.1 miles for half marathon. Um, about two two and a half weeks ago, something like that, um, and I found that quite challenging at the time. It was, um, you know, it was the furthest I'd run by quite some distance. Um, I think it was um, the previous um, distant biggest distance I'd covered previous to that was eight and a half miles. So it was quite quite a big jump up to thirteen point one miles. 
but it was important for one of two reasons. For first, it, w- it was um, a mental hurdle to get over. So I knew that um, the distance could be done and I knew that I could do it. Um, so that was a really important mental hurdle to kind of get over. I, you know, I'd done it before. I knew that I could do it. Um, so it was just a, a case of thinking, you know, I, I've done it. Let's get it done again um, and try and improve on it if possible. So that was a key, real key thing. And the other th- important thing it did, it was kind of it kind of tempered my expectations a little bit. So I kind of talked about what my goals were for the pod uh, for the for the um, for the half marathon on the podcast before. Um, so I kind of set myself a three tier um, goals for it. Um, so the first one was just to complete complete the race without without walking at all. Um, the second one was um, to complete the race without walking and um, do it um, in about two hours. So I was aiming for a sub two hour, ideally, um, which which would have been perfect. And um, so what my race told me, um, not the race, the practice run told me was that I could run continuously for that length of time. So I was able to do that. I ran, ran that um, nonstop, which was pretty good. Um, but what it did tell me was that um, my overall time for that was actually a bit longer than I'd expected. It was two hours, seven minutes. And although I felt like, you know, maybe on race day, uh, because I'd done that in the evening, so obviously I'd had a full day um, of uh, wandering around, working, etc. So So, um, you know, I probably hadn't eaten the best during the day either. Um, so it was kind of the worst case scenario. So I thought, right, I could probably speed this up by a couple of minutes for race day. Um, but to kind of temper my expectations and not be upset if I, uh, you know, or not, not upset as such, but not kind of just feeling down about it a little bit if I didn't get under the two hours. So I kind of re, re, um, refocused my goal to write as long as I kind of do it in two hours, seven minutes or less. That's a really positive thing. Um, so I kind of reframed my goal based on my experience um, because of that, um, which I think was the, the right thing to do. Um, however, so I ran the race this morning, um, was feeling pretty good. Um, so I, it was first thing in the morning, which is always good. Um, so, um, this was, so you'll be hearing this on Thursday. So it was last Sunday, um, Sunday's uh, today now when I'm recording this. So it was Sunday morning, um, and it was, uh, nine, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, the race started. Um, so I managed to run the race, um, in one hour, 53 minutes and 16 seconds, um, which was um, uh, uh, quite frankly phenomenal. I'm not sure how I managed to do it that quickly. And um, weirdly, the last few miles were my fastest miles. I'm not quite sure how it turned out that way. So I actually beat my time last week quite, uh, from last couple of weeks ago um, quite significantly, um, which I was amazed at. Um, I, I, one of the biggest difference, you know, was I'd obviously got an early night's sleep, so I was well rested for it. Um, I'd done, uh, you know, I kind of taken it easy yesterday. I hadn't done any training. I kind of tapered off my training. So I hadn't done any, you know, massive training for the last four or five days. Um, you know, I'd only just done I did a 5k a couple of days ago before the race. Um, but that, that was about it for the last few days. So I kind of chilled it down and towed it down a little bit. I made sure I ate right yesterday and all that kind of stuff. And it's all the processes that I'd put into place when I was thinking about getting to the race um, and th- those kind of helped me out and, and massively um, allowed me to, to achieve my goal. Um, the other thing, obviously, was on race day, you know, it's a phenomenal environment. I've never done anything like that before, so it was fantastic. Um, you know, there are loads of people out on the streets and out um, around the villages and stuff, shouting and cheering people on. 
um, which kind of gives you a really nice energy boost as you're going along. You know, loads of um, people and kids are stood um, handing drinks out and, and sweets and things like that. Um, so it's actually quite a nice environment. You know, it's a really community spirit with these kind of things, which I, I was kind of really at awe with. Um, it was a brilliant um, thing to take part in. And um, it's kind of give, definitely giving me the bug. So I'm definitely going to be back doing more races. Um, I've really enjoyed the training for it. So um, I'm hoping to now move on and do a full marathon towards the end of the year. So I kind of keep you up to date on how that goes. Um, but again, it's important. You know, it's not just important in business and and property and, and all that good stuff about, you know, you've got to be consistent with everything. So if you can consistently train for something, if you can consistently put in the time in your business, if you can consistently turn up in your relationships, you know, all that good stuff, you know, as long as you can do it consistently, so you're going to get something positive out of it in the end. And I think that's the important thing, you know, like I said, at the very beginning of the podcast, it's that consistency and the focus on the process, you know, and not on the outcomes, you know, although I kind of had a goal for the outcome that I wanted when, you know, originally it was the sub two hours. Um, and then I kind of rejigged it slightly in my mind um, based on the experiences I'd had, but it was massively folk about focusing on the training and um, being present in the training and doing the right things up front to lead me to the results. So um, I think that's a, a really key message, like I say. So um, I'm not going to go on about that anymore because I think it's I think, you know, I've covered that off enough. So um, if you take anything away from uh, today's episode, it's the, uh, the consistency and focusing on the process and not the outcomes. That's a real key. Um, so yeah, so that was really good. So um, I have had loads of messages of support about the um, half marathon. So thank you very much to everybody who sent me uh, a message, and that's been really appreciate. I've been really appreciating that. Um, and like I said, I'll be um, up and running again in no time. Uh, my my leg my legs are aching a bit, but nowhere near as much as they were for the previous one I did. And um, it helped the route was slightly. Um, there was less elevation in the route than the one I practiced on, so that was really positive and made it um, kind of a bit easier today. Um, so my knees and, and feet aren't aching anywhere near as much as they had been in the past. Um, so yeah, so I'll be back running. I'm going to have a few days off running just to give my body time to fully recover. Um, because again, it's only the second time that it's done that distance. So give it the full time to recover. Um, but I'll be back back in the gym tomorrow, actually, just to do a little bit of um, a little bit of training. So that should be good. Um, and then um, we'll be pushing forwards um, to for the rest of the training for uh, um, uh, more races in the future. Um so that's it. That's good. So I'll keep you up to date. Like I say, if anybody else is doing any runs or has any training tips for that kind of thing, let me know and I'll either put it on the website or the uh, Facebook pages or talk about it here on the podcast. Um, I think it's really important. I don't like to just talk about um, property or just entrepreneurship. I like to cover kind of a whole host of topics because that makes it fun for me and hopefully it makes it a little bit more fun for you guys as well. Um, the kind of property topic that I wanted to cover off today um, was just an interesting article I'd read. Um, so it's only going to be a short piece this week. So was, like I say, it's just a, an interesting article I read on um, Bloomberg News, actually. Um, so the article was all about, I'll try and put the link to the article on my um, on my Facebook page so uh, you guys can take a look at the full article if you're interested in, uh, interested in it. Um, but the article was talking about um, the Japanese housing market. So um, it was saying that one in seven homes in Japan is actually empty, um, which actually works out a, a, a record 8.46 million Japanese homes are sitting vacant 
um, which which is a phenomenal phenomenal number of um, empty homes. Now, a lot of those um, it says in the article are kind of um, for future sales, so so kind of homes that are being built at the moment, or um, they're actually rental or vacation homes. A lot of people um, have um, vacation homes out there in in Japan, according to the article. Um, especially in one of the areas, I think it mentioned um, the northern part of Mount Fuji, um, which is where the vacancy rates are highest, um, um, which I think is a crazy number. So the actual number is um, 13.6% of housing is empty. Um, so they're still building more houses than um, there are people. So in Japan, the actual population um, is shrinking. So as opposed to um, this country or the states, you know, it has a shrinking population, so it doesn't necessarily need as many homes being built every year, um, which is being reflected by that number of empty homes. Now, it's interesting for a number of reasons, because property developers and um, property entrepreneurs and property investors are still making money out there, and they're still um, doing going plenty of deals going on, um, there's still plenty of investments um, to get involved in out there. Um, looking through the article, and I was just poking around the internet at a few other articles related to that topic. So there's still plenty going on. Um, it's just changing the, your strategy or changing their strategies, I should say. The people out there who are doing the investing um, have changed their strategies to focus on what the demand um, is, so where the gap in the markets are. So, for example, more and more people are purchasing holiday homes so more and more um, deals are being done in the holiday home market which kind of makes sense so um, why why this is important obviously is because um, we always have um, house busts um, so there, there's a if you uh, kind of read um, books about properties and there's plenty of articles on this uh, on the web as well um, they call it a property cycle um, where the housing market kind of grows and grows and grows and then eventually it will drop. I think the typical model is um, every eight years, something like that. I think if I've got that right at the top of my head, um, I can't remember. I will check that and put that on the Facebook page because I think that's important. But we go through these property cycles. But it's important to remember that at each phase of the property cycle, there's a uh, the property market cycle. There's a way of kind of keeping in the market and still making money. So as long as you change and adapt to the current situation, you should always be able to um, not only survive in the market, but thrive in the market. Um, you know, um, there's a book by Rob Moore out. And I'll, again, I'll have to check the uh, name of the book because I can't remember it off the top of my head. But it might have been Mark Homer, his business partner, actually, who had a book that was about how how he made um, the most of his um, property portfolio, how he got the biggest chunk of his po property portfolio during the last recession. So it can definitely still be done. And um, within certain markets like Brexit and um, the new um, HMO regulations and things like that coming in, um, as long as you kind of keep up to date with that stuff and adapt your strategies to take into account those new policies and those new um, new new um, uh, rules and regulations um, that you should still be able to thrive. So just remember that as you're going on and you're kind of thinking, oh, there's a, you know, this is getting more and more um, different from what I'm used to. Um, you know, it'll take you a little while to settle into it, 
but eventually it'll kind of the new things will settle in you'll become used to that as you are now so hopefully that's helped um that's all i'm planning on talking about today that's a pretty short episode i know but like, like i said i just wanted to um apologize for those few mistakes that i made with the um podcast scheduling and, and the, the cock-ups there um like i say hopefully we've got those sorted now um to cover off the other stuff just in summary was um just kind of uh keep keep your focus on the process and not on the outcomes i think that's going to help you out massively in whatever you're doing like i say whether it's um health and fitness business property um relationships whatever it is focus on the focus on the process and not the outcomes um, hopefully that's helped um i know that's uh, just a short episode a regular catch-up so next uh next week we'll get back into it and we'll have um a full episode on um property and business related topics as we usually do um so hopefully that's helped uh thank you very much for listening and i'll talk to you next week thank you very much bye bye